Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. When I was a young boy, I grew up in a house uh, where my dad was incredible at working with his hands. As a matter of fact, we grew up in a house that he built. It took him five years because he did it after work, <laughs> and he did it just over a five-year period. He actually went to brick lane school, block lane school, to learn how to lay block and brick so he could do the block and the brick on the house. And he could fix anything, tear anything apart. He was tool and die by trade. And uh, he fixed all of our cars. And it depended which age we were. I had six brothers. And so whenever we began our part-time jobs, he would go down to the next brother, and it would be five, six hours on a Saturday or Sunday. He'd pull us in the garage, and we would have to help him do whatever he was doing on a car. So you would think a guy like me, you know, sharing my dad with all the brothers, you'd think I'd be excited about it. But I got in that garage for the first time, and I hated it. And it literally was the worst thing in all the world that I ever did. And so after five or six hours, I felt like crawling up, curling up, and dying. I was so emotionally depleted. And again, you think I'd be excited to hang out with my dad. It wasn't my dad. It was working on cars. And, and I didn't know it at the time, but I just wasn't gifted in that particular area. Now, my brother John, who's uh, two brothers down, when it was his turn, he couldn't wait, and John loved it. And then I began to think, what's wrong with me? John loves this. I hate it. And John, of course, grew up to restore cars, tear engines apart. He, he has a side business now where he reupholsters the interiors of old cars for people, and he just is incredible working that way. So I came out of that thinking, there's something wrong with me because I hate this. It wears me out. John loves it. My other brothers loved it and I couldn't figure out what was wrong with me. Then right out of high school, my brother Tony and I started the Still Valley Barbell Club for everybody in Boardman around my age. We're right behind Pazeni's Music, which isn't there anymore, right across from the Southern Park Mall. And uh, we start this, I'm 19 years old, right out of high school, and I told Tony, I said, I've got this idea. I said, I'm gonna go talk to the Boardman football coach, his name was Gene Pushik, and I said, I'm gonna get him to, to buy a membership for everybody on the team, and I'm going to train the Boardman football team. I said, those guys just need to get bigger. They need to get tougher. And Tony goes, Joe, you can't do that. And he goes, aren't you afraid? I said, no, no. And so I go sit down with Coach Pushik, and by the way, Bernie Kozar was on that team, so I trained. that's why Bernie turned out great. I trained him, right? I, he wasn't famous then. None of us knew where he was going. I would have bought him ice cream or something after every workout if I knew where he was going. But I brought him all up for this big orientation. We have the whole team. We have all the coaches. And I'm this 19-year-old kid, and I did all my work on the presentation. I made up all these charts to, you know, train them. And Tony goes, Joe, aren't you nervous? I go, no, I don't know why, Tony, but I'm not nervous. And then I stood up, and it was just like, it was the most amazing thing. I was able to talk, and I was able to, to communicate. And when I was finished, I was charged up. It was absolutely amazing. And I began to realize that God gives each of us different gifts. And, and, and we're going to find this out. Our gifts are these amazing things that God's placed inside you. And this is my big idea. You guys ready? Here's the big idea. Using your gift charges your battery. And we're talking about your emotional battery. And it doesn't seem to make sense, but it actually will charge you when you begin to do the things that God gifted you 
to do. And there's a very famous text in the Bible. Jesus taught this. And the first verse, he's just introducing you and I to the fact we need to trust in him. The second verse, he gets into what we're talking about. But let's read the first verse. Uh, Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. It says, come to me, Jesus, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Now, this is referring to a spiritual rest. This is the rest that Hebrews talks about, you and I entering into a rest by believing. And when we see this first part, come to me, here's all Jesus is saying. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. Accept me. So he begins with this simple thing, just accept me. But notice the condition of mankind, you who are weary and burdened. And he's not just talking about life beating us up, which really messes us up. He's talking about us being frustrated and laden by man-made religion. And I love the way the Message Bible translates this verse. Check this out. It says, are you tired, worn out, burn out on religion? Come to me, get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. And that's just entering into that rest where we know Jesus loves us, we know God loves us. Now, God is not cracking on organized religion here. Jesus isn't cracking on organized religion. He's not cracking on denominations. All that's good. But here's what happened, and here's what can happen in Christianity. They added so much to what God gave them and put so much of a burden and so many rules and so many systems in place that the people just... They couldn't do it for all that was in them. And this is, this is what happened. Um, the law of Moses was given to Moses by God, and this is what they're under now. This is the religion God gave them. And there was 613 commandments. That's it. Some of them were moral, thou shalt not kill. Uh, that still applies today, right? Thou shalt not steal, still applies today. And some of them were ceremonial. Some of them were... Uh, you know, government laws for living amongst each other and cooperating with each other. Only 613. What happened after Moses died, the religious leader began to add more. It started out as the oral law, and then they wrote them down. Do you know that they come up with thousands and thousands of more commandments? And now they have all these commandments on the people, and it just was impossible for any of them to keep these commandments, and they're burdened down, and Jesus comes and he says, you know what? This isn't even what God gave you. This isn't even what we intended, and so he begins to minister to them concerning, if you come to me, I'll take all that burden. I'll let you know that you can be accepted by God, and I'll let you enter into a rest for your spirit to where you know God loves you. So listen to what he said in Matthew. It goes like this, Matthew 23, 1. And Jesus said to the crowds and to his disciples, you would think these Jewish leaders and these Pharisees were Moses, the way they keep making up so many laws. Jesus was not happy with all these additional laws. Why? It just took a God thing and turned it into a man thing, and it just squeezed the very intention that God had for it. Listen to the next verse. Verse 4 says this, they, they load you with impossible demands and they them, that they themselves don't even try to keep. And here's my heart as I pastor a Christian church. Here's my heart. I don't want to add things to what God's given us because he's given us some incredible things. Uh, Coming to church is important. Being hooked up in a local church, very important. You can't grow spiritually to your full potential unless you hook up in a local church. God's not against that, but I don't want to throw all these rules and regulations before you know it 
People can't even have a relationship with God, and that's what he's dealing with. Listen to how it's said in Romans chapter 3. It goes like this, uh, verse 20. Therefore, no one will be declared righteous in God's sight by the works of the law. Rather, through the law, we become conscious of sin. So those 613 he gave, it was just to show us we couldn't keep them, so we would look to a Savior. And guys, being righteous before God is an amazing thing. That means we know that God loves us. He cares about us. Remember when we were young, and this had to happen to all of you. It happened to me almost daily. Um, but remember, we'd do something wrong, and my mom always used to say, wait till your dad comes home. And then my relationship with my dad was a little tainted in that way too because uh, mom would always say, wait till he gets home. You're going to get it. My dad worked midnight, so it was wait till he gets up. And, uh, and then he would get up, and mom would tell him all these things. So, so it's like you, you always know... Dad's not happy with me. And I think we do that with God. God's just not happy with me. And that's what Jesus is wanting to come. That's the burden he's wanting to lift off of us. Listen to how this finishes out, verse 21. But now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify, verse 22. This righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference between Jew and non-Jew. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And I like one translation. It says, we all have sinned and we fall short of God's glorious standard. So what did God do? He sent Jesus. Jesus died for you. When Jesus said, come to me, here's what he's saying. Accept me as, my, as your Savior, and I'm going to take that burden off of you of wondering whether or not God loves you, wondering whether or not uh, God's your friend, God, God cares about you, and you're going to feel this incredible acceptance. And can we all agree that when we accepted Christ, we felt that. Can we give it up for God for just a second and say, thank you, God? I mean, that's the most amazing thing ever. So the last thing I want to do is ruin it, man. I don't want to ruin that for you. I want to keep that. But at the same time, I want to keep pushing you to go further. And there's a way to do that. Jesus did it. He said, come to me. Listen to the next thing he said, Matthew eleven twenty nine. 29. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. That's just, you know, read the Bible, study the Bible. That's when we learn from him. He goes on and says, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. Now he's talking about a different kind of rest. We'll open that up in a minute. This is a soul rest, and this is an amazing word. But I like this part. I have people get on my case every now and then. It says, I am gentle and humble in heart. Some people tell me, you're not hard enough on God's people. You need to be tougher. You need to be harder. And I'm like, well... Jesus is gentle and humble, right? I just want to, I kind of want to act like him, right? Here's what I learned. If I just put it out there, it's up to God to deal with your hearts to do it. That's not my job. And God will deal with people. But my job is to try to be as close to Jesus as possible. And I have to work at that because by nature, I'm more of a, a grouchy, mean person, you know? So I have to work on that. And, 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 and I would rather tell someone off. So I'm, I have to work and God's grown me. And so I'm up here being sweet because God has grown me and God's changed me and he wants to do that in all of our lives. But listen to the first part. Take my yoke upon you. In the Bible, yokes are always referring to work, right? Uh, take a look at this. This is the Bible. Uh, they yoke on these two oxen. And all it did was it connected the oxen, oxen together and, and uh, they were able to work synchronized and plow a field together. So now it was the power of two instead of the power of one. And Jesus says, I have a yoke, and I want you to make a decision to put that yoke on. 
And he's referring to now you and I finding out what our gifts are and beginning to use our gifts in the kingdom of God. And it's an absolute amazing thing when we yoke up and we begin to work. Think about this. Before we met Jesus, we could never take his yoke upon us. Some people try to, but it doesn't work out so well. But when you accepted Jesus, the Bible says he created you in his image and in his likeness. And now you're created and you're similar to him. Now think about this. In the Old Testament, there was what was called the law of the yoke. And the way the law of the yoke worked, you were not allowed by law to hook an oxen up with a donkey or a horse up with a donkey. You know why? The oxen or the horse would do all the work, and then the donkey, because he's little and he's small, he'd just be having a great day. It would be just like this easy day, and the poor ox, the poor, the, the, the poor horse would do all the work. So you had to have two horses, two oxen. That's the law uh, of the yoke. And Jesus said, you know what, guys? You're not capable of really working in my kingdom do I change you. So that's verse 28. When we come to him, he creates us in his image and his likeness, and he makes us capable to hook up with him and do things in his kingdom. And that you're going to smile more and more about that before we finish, guys. Borman, TCI, it's absolutely amazing. So the, the law of the yoke is satisfied. We have the ability to work in God's kingdom. Listen to the verse again. It goes like this. Uh, verse 29, take my yoke upon you, and learn from me, for I'm gentle and humble in heart, and then I, you will find rest for your souls. Remember our big idea, using your gift charges your battery. This word rest literally means to recharge, to refresh. And it's the most amazing thing when you think about it, because working or doing something should drain you of energy, but he's saying it will literally energize you. As a matter of fact, listen to this, verse 30. This is where this all closes, the thought Jesus gives us. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And I think that's amazing. Jesus is saying that if, if you find your gift and you work within your gift in the kingdom, it actually will recharge you instead of drain you. And that to me it's mind-blowing. But I've lived in it. You, many of you have lived in it. You know exactly what I'm talking about. I want to give you another example. If I counsel somebody for just one hour, just one hour of counseling, I will feel like I worked a 12-hour day, and I will be emotionally drained out of my mind. It's not because I don't love people. I love people. It's not because I can't give good advice. I know the Bible. I have some wisdom. I, I messed up enough times to know, you know what not to do and what to do. So I have, I have the ability to counsel, but I don't have the gift. And it literally will drain the very emotional life out of me. And I'll come home and Gina, Gina will just know, you, you've counseled somebody. I said, yeah, because I hardly do it at all anymore, just some leadership sometimes. And it just drains me. I don't know why, but it does. Now, if Gina counsels, she can counsel for five hours in a row, five people. Do you know when she's done, she's like, ah, I feel so good and I have so much energy and ah sometimes she's really worn out and she'll tell me how worn out she is and then she's going to a counseling session. I say, honey, you're tired. You should, you know, take a break. She goes, honey, this is going to energize me. And, and she's the total opposite of what I am. It's absolutely amazing. Why? When you use your God-given gifts, it literally recharges you. It's an amazing thing. Now, counseling drains me. But guess what? Studying the Bible, and for most people, the thought of having to study for five or six hours, it's like, oh no, I don't want to go back to school, right? 
But for me, when I study the Bible, it literally energizes me. So on Tuesdays and Fridays, I try to do a five, six-hour chunk on those days to prepare lessons. And I come out of a full day, five, six hours, I am like, ooh, I feel so good. And I'm so energized. And, and, and Gina just looks at me because when she does that, she doesn't feel the same way, although she can teach the Bible really well. But there's something about it. Now, when I'm up here right now, by, sec, by second service, I'm like, I am so excited. And I'm so full of energy. And you probably notice it. It's just the most amazing thing because I'm operating in a gift that God gave me. So that's why we created Growth Track. And every weekend, in one way or another, you're going to hear me, Pastor Graham, you're going to hear us talk about Growth Track, right? Because Growth Track helps you know God. It helps you find freedom, discover purpose. That's figure out what your gift is, and then make a difference. That's using your gift. And it's it, here at Believers, it's four sessions, and it's starting this weekend. It happens at Saturday night or 1045 services here on our campus and man, I was just in there with a bunch of people taking it, and they are, they're all excited, and I can't wait till they get into it. Because one of the sessions, you know what we do? We literally give tests so people can figure out what their gifts are. That's amazing. So I want to encourage you, if you haven't gone through, to go through. And if you want to become a member here, believers, that's, that's how you also become a member. But if you are a member, it will change your life forever. Four sessions, we repeat them every month. So you can start any month. You can jump in on one you missed and so on and so forth. So when I think of this, I smile. I think of the people here volunteering. We call them our dream team. And I'll come up and, and say to people all the time, thank you. Thank you for being here on a Saturday night in the summer. Thank you for getting here and doing what you do on the weekend. And they always look at me and say, are you kidding? I don't want to be anywhere else. This energizes me. And that's what the Bible's talking about. Using your gift charges your battery. It's one of the most amazing things you and I will ever experience. Now, can I say something to you? Some of you know some things that aren't your gift. If being around kids irritate you, you're not gifted to be with kids, right? And, and uh, if you go into children's ministry, that's, that's going to ruin your day, right? And, and it's not that kids are cute, right? And you love them, but some of you, the way you're built, you want to keep an arm's distance, right? A little bit of an arm's distance. Some of you, people get on your nerves. So, you know, uh, if you were... Uh, you don't want to be on our host team if people get on your nerves because those are the people at the doors and the lobbies and they're saying, hi, and how are you? And that's probably the last place you want to be. So if that's you, we'll test you. We'll put you in a booth. We'll put you in a back room. We'll bring you in during the week. We'll, get, we'll, we'll let you use that gift where you are gifted. So take a look at this. This is an incredible uh, verse of scripture. It's First Peter 4.10. God has given each of you a gift from his great variety of spiritual gifts. Use them well to serve one another. And here's what's so exciting about this. And it took me a while to discover it. You heard my opening story. Everybody in the body of Christ has a gift. Now, what you do for a living may not be your gift, and it might drain you a little more. That happens, right? I mean, I'm pastoring, and not everything I do as a pastor charges my battery. But as a volunteer, you can always find something that you do that charges your battery. Here's what I want you to walk away from this verse. Listen, guys. You have something in you that came from heaven. It is supernatural. And when you use it, it literally charges your battery. When I was in school, I went through school with a group of guys in junior high, high school, 
and we had a guy in our class, his name was Tony, and we gave him a nickname, and here's why we gave him this nickname. Tony was good at everything. Have you ever met anybody like that? I don't like people like that. He was good at everything. I mean, everything. So uh, he was a Brainiac 4.0 student. I had to work like crazy to get a B, and he's a Brainiac. But then he was an animal in the weight room, and he, he looked like he lifted weights when he didn't, and when he got in there, he was an animal on the football field. He was just talented at everything. So you know what we, we did? We, we would call him the gifted one in our whole class, and then we shortened it to gifted, and, and, and that was his name all the way through junior high and high school, gifted, gifted, gifted. And we'd see him and say, hey, gifted, you know what? Every one of you in this room can have that same nickname. We may not be good at everything, but every one of you is gifted. And I'd like you to begin, say that to one another once in a while, and just look at someone and say, you're gifted. Say it to yourself when you're looking in the mirror, you wink at yourself, say, I'm gifted, I'm gifted, because you are gifted. You have a gift that's supernatural, that's from heaven, and when you use it, using your gift charges your battery. And I'm, I hope I'm stirring you up to want to find out, hey, I, I'm not, what I'm doing isn't charging my battery. Well, there's something you can do will charge your battery. Listen to how this finishes out. Um, verse 11. Do you have the gift of speaking? Then speak as though God himself were speaking through you. Do you have the gift of helping? That means doing. Do it with all the strength and energy of God. All gifts can be put into one, these two categories, speaking, doing, speaking, doing. So speaking could be, you know, the singers in the band. It could be someone that teaches children. It can be someone that leads a connect group and teaches in the connect group. It could be someone that counsels. It's just speaking. You are gifted to release. You're gifted to speak. And if God gifted you that way, I want to encourage you. It will energize you if you walk in that and you live in that. It's the most amazing thing. But some of you uh, are in the other category, and you're just gifted to do. You don't want the limelight. Uh, you know, sometimes when we do things, we have to talk to people, but you don't want the limelight. You just, you just want to help, and you, you don't care if you're behind the scenes. You just are gifted to help and to do something. And so that's the other category, and that can be diversified in all kinds of ways. So guys, using your gift charges your battery. And I think of God he gives us this work to do. And when we work, it's, he says, it's, my burden's actually light. Think about that. When we work, it's actually the easiest thing to do, and it literally charges our battery. And I really believe God's speaking to a lot of us in here and just letting us know, hey, that's a missing part of your life. I want to emotionally charge you and give you life and energy like you never had before. By the way, I'm a, I'm a no-caffeine baby. I'm just just excited because I'm getting to use my gift, and that excites me, and that lights me up. So God wants to do that in every single one of our lives. So I want to pray. Can we bow our heads, close our eyes on all the campuses? Let's just pray. Father, uh, thank you for the Word of God. Jesus, thank you that we can come to you. Thank you that we can learn of you, and we thank you for changing us today. You're so good. And I really believe right now God's speaking to all of us in one way or another. Some of you, he's saying, you're right where you need to be. Others, he's saying, man, I'd like to get you up to that next level. I'd like to get you to yoke up with me and allow me to use those supernatural gifts 
in you. And he'll meet you at every area of your life. I mean, if, if you're a busy young person with kids, he'll meet you. He'll, there's something you can do that fits that schedule. May not be able to do as much, but just I, I just want you to bow your heads, close your eyes, and just think about what God's speaking to your heart today. And if you have a question, just say, God, I just need to know about this. I need to know about that. And I know God's speaking to hearts right now. He's so amazing. Well, that's happening. Maybe you're listening. And, and you're not sure if you've really come to Jesus. Uh, you're not sure if you're saved. You're carrying a burden around. And you're not sure if God loves you. You're not sure if God likes you. I want to give you that opportunity. You know, Jesus said, whoever calls on my name, I'll save them said, whoever believes in me, I'm going to give them salvation. Isn't that amazing? And so growing up in America is a tough thing, guys. Here's why. We live in what's called a post-Christian era, which means everybody knows who Jesus is. They don't know maybe all the accurate things about him, but they know who he is. And so some people think they know Jesus and they haven't yet given him their hearts. And that's what I'm asking right now. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you to join our church. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day when you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven and I accept you right now as my savior. And I make a decision just to follow you, Jesus. You're the way, you're the truth, and you're the life. So in every campus, I really believe God's speaking to some hearts. And if you're here and you say, you know what? I'm ready to come to Jesus. Would you pray with us right now? And everyone in every campus, those of us that have accepted Christ, can we help them out? Can we pray that prayer with them? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. And this day, I look to Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the way, the truth, and the life. I believe you're the only way to heaven. And this day, I accept you as my Savior and make a decision to begin to follow you. Thank you for saving my soul and changing my life. Amen. Heads are bowed, eyes closed, all against us. Guys, if you prayed that prayer, it's absolutely an amazing thing. And miracles happen in your life. God literally washed all your sins away. Can you imagine that? Gave you the gift of eternal life. He's your Father now. Heaven's your future destination. You may not have felt a thing, but that miracle happened. You know what else is happening? You can't hear it. The Bible says when one person accepts Christ, all of heaven begins to celebrate. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out Believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at Believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.